Hello, and welcome to the Real Estate Marketing Masters Mix podcast, where each episode we share actionable strategies for amping up your real estate marketing game. And now, here's your host, Dave Cole. And today we want to talk about uh, ways to do some business and to gain some business among colleagues in the real estate industry. Pleased to have our guest, uh, Chris Michelle, who is a business coach and author and also uh, an active volunteer with Habitat for Humanity. So a lot of ways and involved in, you know, housing and real estate for people. And Chris, I think one of the topics that uh, I'd like to get into first that I think is important, we do have uh, agents and brokers listening, we have developers, but also there's contractors and installers and the service part of the industry. And so they're marketing or they're trying to work with each other, but in different ways. And I know that's something that you've worked on quite a bit during all of your years. And I thought maybe we'd uh, kind of start off with, uh, you know, talking about that, some of your experiences and helping people along in that regard. And also uh, welcome to our podcast. <laughs> well, thank you, Dave. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me and, and allowing me to be a guest here. Yeah, I, I spent about... Um, 14 years in 14 and a half years in the HVAC industry working as a contractor or with contractors. And so what was, what I found over the time, over time was that working with people, right. Learning how to, um, to collaborate and contribute to what people are trying to do. Right. So a realtor is trying to list a property or is trying to buy a property, right. They're trying to help uh, with that transaction. And sometimes your, roof needs to be looked at. Sometimes your electrical needs to be looked at. Sometimes your plumbing needs to be looked at. And sometimes your HVAC needs to be looked at. And so because I had expertise in HVAC plumbing and electrical, I could be that resource for them to just take a quick glance at the house. This is, it, it wasn't anything that was paid for, but they would call me out and say, hey, Chris, would you do me a favor and look at this house and tell us, give us information that would help us in the purchase or in the sale of the home, Right. And so we'd go through a number of different scenarios and it was a cursory glance. It was not an in-depth glance, you know, from my perspective or in, in, if you will, an in-depth investigation, but it was a quick glance to say, Hey, the, the age of the equipment is this it, here are the things that I see from my perspective with my expertise and the things that I do. And I still have that resource. You know, I'm still that resource, if you will, for certain individuals, they, they come to me and they say, Hey, Chris, what do you think about this? Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So uh, from that point of view, um, what are some strategies that uh, contractors can use to be able to kind of, I mean, it's not easy to get into that position with real estate agents, even though what you're offering is an important service and there's no cost for it at the time. Obviously, if they need you, they're, they're going to come and get you and that's the idea. But what are some things that can put uh, you or someone in that position in that situation? And along the same lines, uh, from the standpoint of a real estate agent or broker, what are some things maybe they can do to have that possible resource, have that expert that they can call in? Because there's some, uh, not hesitation, but just it's just one of those things you don't think about. And these yeah. days, it's important to have that right person. 
Yeah. And that's huge, right? I mean, to be able to have that right connection. And I, I think that um, we're all familiar with the ability to connect with people, right? And and not network, but to really connect with people. And I would encourage you um, that you become friends with these people, that you that you know what they do and and you talk on a on a consistent basis. You don't have to talk to them every day, every every week, every month, but you're going to talk to them on a consistent basis. You're going to have that relationship with them so that when they have something that comes up, they say, "Oh, let me call," because you know they know. HVAC, plumbing, electrical, you know, roofs, whatever. They're they're your go-to resource for that. The sooner that we learn, and and whether it's on the contracting side or on the real estate side, the sooner that we learn that we have a, we have a a row that we need to stay in, if you will, right? You stay in your own lane, and if you can stay in your own lane, your lane is HVAC, plumbing, electrical, uh, roofs, real estate brokerage, right? That's your lane. That's what you do best. Great. You bring in other resources to do the things to help you to be successful. And so you develop those relationships. And when you do, you're able to um, work with people that you know, like, and trust. I mean, it's all about know, like, and trust, but, and I can't emphasize that enough that you, you need to like this person that you're working with. Otherwise you're not going to work well with them. They're not going to give you solid information. Right. And they're only going to do the best that they can. I mean, so you got to, you have to know them and have to like them. That's, that would be my, that's my two cents. Okay. So from the, just staying on and finishing up kind of from the, the contractor side or, you know, air conditioning, electrician, uh, that type of thing from their point of view, um, what are some things that they can in, forming the relationship, forming the conversations, whether it's going to events, open houses, meeting, social media response. So what are some strategies? And I know you do some coaching and things along those lines. So what are a couple of the the many strategies that you have that they should just kind of keep in mind? Uh, you know, there's, I mean, there's knowledge, obviously, of the market, uh, some differences, maybe it's even, you know, certain manufacturers or, oh, no, I wouldn't use their products. I'd go over here, you know, some things like that, just sure. that they can be thinking about. Well, here's the thing. You have to be genuine. As a contractor, right, you have to be honest and, and forthright with what you know. Doesn't mean you need to tell them everything, but you don't need to hold back anything either, right? And so going to the different events, whether it's uh, you speak to an HOA, right, and they're there are realtors and brokers all over the place. And so you can't go to a networking meeting without meeting at least, you know, one or two, right? So spend a little bit of time and go to those networking meetings and find your people, right? That you like and, and want to work with and become that valued resource. And what happens is it's not going to be the first time you go out there. They're going to go, oh yeah, you're awesome. I'm going to use you all the time. You're going to have to go out two or three times and you're going to provide this, you know, it's a, it's a one hour it's going to be an hour at least of your time, maybe an hour and a half, depending on where you live, right? It could be an hour and a half of your time to go out and give this free estimate, this free assessment, if you will. And they're not going to hold you to it, nor are you going to hold them to it. But at the same time, you're going with the understanding that if I do these things that I could potentially get business out of this, right? It's it's a quid pro quo, right? I mean, it's it's I'm willing to work with you if you're willing to work with me. And you don't need to draw up some agreement or anything like that. It's the old fashioned, do it on a handshake, right? 
know the person, like the person, trust the person, and they'll do the same for you, right? You take care of each other in that way. And so um, it is hard, especially when you're trying to sell a house, right? And hey, all of a sudden you're looking at a $10,000 HVAC replacement. Well, it's not cheap, but at the same time, here's the thing. Who, who are you replacing it for? Are you replacing it so that I can sell the house or are you replacing it so that they can have a better um, system when they move in? So instead of taking my bid and saying, hey, you know, let's put in the cheapest thing you can find. I just want builder's grade. I want the, you know, I want $5,000 worth of work, right? You, you say, hey, wait a minute. How about if we give them some sort of an allowance at closing and then make the recommendation that we come and do the work? Now, will they use it? You don't know. You just don't know. But again, if you can make those recommendations without any hardship or without any uh, animosity towards the person, just, you know, I'm going to do the best that I can and know that I'm not going to win every one of those, but I'm going to do everything I can to get them. Then it's going to work out in your favor. It really does. I'm a big yeah. believer in karma. <laughs> yeah, makes a lot of sense, Chris. And so I think it also comes up to uh, another aspect of this, and this applies pretty much to everybody. But what are a couple of the basic suggestions that you give when it's someone just starting out or they've been at it a few months versus the, you know, I've been at this for 20 years type of situation? And I'm sure you've, I know you've worked with, you know, people in both of those situations, but what are some of the differences? So how can somebody that's just starting out, um, I know I'm asking you the question and I'm commenting on it, but I know there are situations where people get started, but it's based on experiences they have. So somebody might have been an air conditioning installer for 10 years before starting their business or know a certain neighborhood. So are those the kinds of things to bring out or in terms of your coaching and what you sure. do, what are, again, a couple of the basic things that, you know, you would recommend? Sure. And and here's the thing. We've all been around HVAC for a very long time. We're plumbing or electrical, right? I mean, technically we've been around it all our lives because we've lived in houses that had HVAC, plumbing or electrical, right? But the reality is talk about your experience. You know, I've been doing HVAC for 18 years. I personally have been in and around the business for over 18 years now. And so I've worked in different different capacities. And now I get to be a, a sales and business coach, you know, for that particular industry, for the home services. And I just continue to work with those contractors. And I, it's the message is the same. Go out and find those relationships. Go to the HOA meetings. Go to the... Um, the community meetings, right? Go to the different things, the chamber meetings, go to the, uh, the BNI meetings, you know, be a visitor, go check them out. There's all kinds of things, all kinds of meetings that you can go to um, that will give you the opportunity to meet these people. And again, you need to find somebody that you know and like in order to work with and that they know and like you, right? So put your foot in the door, talk about your experience, Give them, you know, information about um, what's best for um, them and their house. It doesn't have to be about you. It's not always about you. In fact, it's hardly ever about you, right? It's always about the client. And if we allow them to do these things, if we if we give them options and say, here are your options, here's what we could, you know, we can do for you, then it makes it easier for them to want to work with you, right? So give them the options, make sure that you're clear and and you're you're discussing the things that you need to, but again, build the relationship with that person so that they're going to want to use you again and again and again. Right. And I think now to 
kind of turn it over toward looking at it from the agent or broker side of it. Um, I'm finding that uh, some agents and brokers, quite honestly, overlook long-term opportunities. Uh, I'm finding that some are, obviously, they want leads. They're looking for business, you know, as soon as possible. But to me, there's that need, and I think this is where service a service such as yours or services come in handy because it's getting the agent or broker to think long term Mm -hmm. that knowing the person or the owner of the electrical company or air conditioner company whatever it may happen to be pest control so forth and so Mm -hmm. on that has served all you know most of the houses in you know west town or in a community that right, that's right. beneficial and it may not be right this second, but you want them to have you in mind six months from now when the seller says, Oh, another problem. I can't, I don't want to live in this place anymore. And you know, who can I work with? So what are some things to think about in terms of, I think it's kind of two parts. And the first one is just about the uh, almost changing the mentality Mm-hmm. of thinking, okay, I need to do some things to have business flowing over the course of time, as opposed to by four o'clock this afternoon. Right. Well, and that's, that's a lot of what happens when we get into business or when we start doing business um, as a solopreneur or as a real estate agent, right? And, and just getting started with our own business, we start to see this mentality that says, I've got to make the buck. I got to make the buck. I got to make the buck. And we forget about the long game. And the long game is I have to build relationships that are going to help me long term. So as a real estate agent or a broker, it's not always about the sale today, right? Though you may be hearing that yeah. from management. If you go to work for somebody, right? Maybe what did you do for me today? Well, the long haul is who can I develop these relationships with, right? And you become a trusted advisor to somebody in a neighborhood, right? Or a couple of neighborhoods and or a certain town where you know, hey, I know the people to work with, whether it's plumbing, electrical, HVAC, right? Uh, pest control, uh, yard surveys, right? I mean, all of these things are, they're important to and integral to your business, right? It's just like having the right broker or the right mortgage company, right? And the, the right closing company. And right, I mean, you, you have to have all of those things to make your job go a little bit easier. So all of a sudden, the, the things start to fall into place. The next thing you know, you got a deal, right? So Yes, from a, a real estate or broker standpoint, number one, you've got to develop those re- relationships and developing those relationships is going to help you with you and your business. And so when you do those things, then it's a long game. It's not the short game. And the long game is you're going to get residual income from these things that just keep coming around. And so now all of a sudden that HVAC guy that you've been talking to or that HVAC lady you've been talking to, they say, hey, I'm ready to buy a house. You're my real estate person. Come on. Right. Yeah. Or, hey, I need a commercial property. Can you help me get a commercial property? Well, yeah, I can help you with that, right? Brokers or whatever. You know the right people to put them them in place and make all that stuff happen. Yes, exactly. And I think another aspect to this and want to get your thoughts is there are some agents and brokers that are much more focused on social media, uh, updating their blog, 
the website doing things to generate leads, generate attention. There are others that don't have time for that or don't understand it fully. And they're out there, you know, hustling, meeting with people, more of the things that, you know, we've just been talking about, not that one way is any better than the other. Right. But um, from your experience with coaching and working with so many agents and brokers, both residential and commercial. So I'm curious to find out how you handle when you get someone that is very much oriented one way and not the other of those two possibilities. Well, and the, the key there is, are they willing to learn? Are they willing to, to figure out both sides of it, right? Because they may say, well, this is what really works for me. But again, it's a long game. It's not the short game. And so yours may be a short game perspective and you're doing well with that short game. But long-term, you need to look at the long game, right? I mean, that's what we're in this for. It's not, we're in this for two years so we can just forget about it, but we're in this for the long haul. So again, it's, what are you doing right now? And what could you do differently, right? How could I improve? How can I do this, do something a little bit different than what I'm doing currently? And will it improve my long game? And so that's the key is trying to figure out how do I work the long game instead of just the short game or how do I work the short game and not just the long game, right? If you ever play golf, it's it's a combination of all of that stuff, right? It's not just the driving. It's not just the short short game. It's not just the putting. It's all about making it all work together. And when you make it all work together, it, becomes, it, it just goes a whole lot smoother, a whole lot smoother. Yes, exactly. Um, when it comes to your coaching, and this is also just for getting people to to think about. So things like developing social media campaigns or strategies along those lines. So how much or little of an emphasis do you put on that? In other words, is there an element to it of if they don't understand it, should they hire someone? What should they look for? Should they have an assistant or how do you fit that into the, the time management practices that you utilize in your coaching and your strategies? Yeah, a lot of it comes down to what we know and what we don't know. And if we're honest with ourselves, we probably don't know a lot more than we know. And so if we focus on what we do know and the piece of the business that we know very well, then it makes sense to figure out who can I get to help me with these other areas, right? There's a great book called Who Not How. And when you learn how to put the certain the right people in place, the who's in place that can take care of the house. And so instead of me trying to figure out how to build a website, I decided to hire somebody to do that. Instead of instead of deciding to do my own marketing, I decided to hire somebody to do that, right? Instead of trying to figure these things out, I go and hire somebody or I get or partner with somebody who has a strength in that area so that I can focus on the things that I'm good at and not trying to piddle around in the things that I'm no good at because we waste a lot of time doing things. And I'm speaking to myself as much as I am anybody else, right? I waste way too much time doing things I shouldn't be doing, right? And I could I could be focused so much more on this piece of my business. And when I do that, when I put those, those people in place, I do a whole lot better. Oh, yeah, that is excellent. I do want to talk about, uh, in addition to your coaching and uh, training and working with people, I know you're very happy with the the red chair experience your most recent book and so for someone in uh 
on the real estate side of it, um, what, uh, you know, what are some of the things in the book that would also go ahead to help those involved in real estate? Well, the, the thing is, this is a daily inspiration for success in life and business. And so I wrote this book under the understanding that I was going through a lot of things in my life at the time, uh, a lot of the emotional side of things and, and learning about the emotional side of being a man, right? And that side, which was not really taught very well to me while I was growing up, I'm not going to speak for anybody else. For me growing up, that wasn't something that I was I was taught or was surrounded by. And as a result, I never really learned how to properly deal with a lot of these things. And so what the book is, it's a daily inspiration to kind of get that injection of inspiration or motivation, or maybe it's just something to think about for the day that says, you know, this is where I'd like to go with my life or where I'd like to go with my business. There are business snippets in there. There are life snippets in there, right? There's there's things that are really just covering a lot of different aspects. And so there's 366 entries, one for each day of the year, including the leap year. And so you've got all the opportunities to kind of poke around and say, well, I want to, I want to learn about sales and, and sports. I want to learn about um, uh, grief. I want to learn about making the most of today. I want to learn about uh, uh there's a one called uh, when you survive this, right? So there's all kinds of different topics that people can explore. And so it's not, um, it's not relegated just to business, you know, to people. I've been in sales for a very long time. And so people are like, Oh, it's a sales book. No, it's not. It's, it's got a number of entries that talk about sales, but it's not necessarily devoted to a salesperson. Um, or somebody trying to be in sales. It could be for an accountant. It could be for an HR person. And uh, there are several people that have, that have taken to it in different walks of life. So it's an opportunity really for everybody to kind of see and, and learn and grow from a different perspective. No, that that is that is a service, especially when it comes to real estate professionals, because sometimes it is having that creative or strategic idea that can make a difference. I know in my point of view and uh, I wish this was me. I'm not licensed as an agent or broker, but from uh, personally in doing a lot of market research and research and behind the scenes thing, what comes to mind, and it's it's a lot of this is picking up strategies and knowing what to do when the situation arises. There was one broker that, uh, surprise, surprise, was looking for single family inventory within his farm area. Right. And found that there had been a parcel or a multifamily property that was on the market with like no activity for almost six months. Well, a little bit of market research showed that that parcel was also zoned for single family. Mm. So this broker happened to have an email database specific to investors. So a little email out there and he got the well all you need is the one response that works i don't know how many he got total but he got somebody to step in buy the land knock down the multifamily structure build a kind of like a luxury or a high-end single family home and it was something like you know eight or nine months later that sold so the result for this broker thanks to having the wherewithal to 
have market research done to that extent to try to uncover opportunities and to be ready with that list for investors, he got two commissions off the same parcel in less than a year's time. So that's the kind of thing that, you know, that I think, uh, Chris, that you're bringing out is to kind of, you know, have these strategies, be thinking on how you can use them. And it also ties in with what we were talking about a few minutes ago of there's being in it for the long term to some a year is is long term, but to others, it's not. And that's a thing to think about. So I think I want to touch um, kind of touch on uh, what your feeling is or what you would recommend in terms of time management. It kind of goes back to the, you know, do you spend 10% of the time, your time on marketing, or does it even have to be a percentage? But time management's important. Uh, thinking up to have somebody research to find property opportunities and then having them do it doesn't take that much time, but there's a discipline to that. And I wonder sure. if that's something you can pick up on, you know, especially from your experience. Well, I've, I've learned that um, time management is a fallacy. Um, number one, we cannot manage time. We manage ourselves with time. And I'm not picking on you because I, I mm-hmm. just learned this recently, right? Mm-hmm. But it's, it's one of those things where I'm like, there is no such thing as time management because we have to learn how to manage ourselves with time because time just keeps moving. Time doesn't, it waits for no one. And so the, the question really becomes how effective are we with the use of time that we use for these different things, right? So if I'm spending three hours doing marketing and that's not really selling. It's not really producing any revenue. Should I be using that three hours for marketing a day or whatever that is, a week, whatever? You have to determine what's my, what's the money-making opportunity during my day? Am I utilizing that to the best of my ability? Now, you can't, as a real estate agent, you can't produce 24-7, right? You cannot do that. That's okay. But you have to know that, hey, I have to spend an hour, two hours a day doing these money-making or these money-making projects, right? Or these, these, these things. So whether it's showing homes or finding homes or uh, doing research on homes or whatever, right? We have to determine how much time we're spending on each one of those things and then What's the revenue on return, if you will, on the time that we're spending doing those things? Okay. All right. Wish we had more time to talk about that. But, uh, do appreciate that. And uh, just uh, as another important topic that I wanted to cover with you, I know you've been very much involved with Habitat for Humanity, mm-hmm. and I'm sure that there's a lot of folks involved in the real estate industry in our audience that would like to know what you know, what it's all about. Is there something they can do? And what are the, you know, some of the rewards that await them if they choose to do so? Absolutely. Well, one thing is I know here where I live in Atlanta, uh, we have real estate agents that come together and um, they devote a weekend, a Saturday to helping build the houses. And whether it's landscaping or siding or paint or whatever, they come out and they, as a community, they work together as a community, a real estate community, and they help each other out. And, and we help build a house for somebody that is in need. Now, it's not a handout, but a hand up. At Habitat, they believe in helping people to 
have a, an opportunity at something that they couldn't have before. And so they do pay for the house and they just have it worked out through, you know, the different programs, but, um, uh, but they do pay for the house. They have to put in sweat equity, the owners do. And uh, whether it's their house or other people's homes, they have to take classes and learn how to run an effective household, right? I mean, so it's a great program. And one that I've I've really um, kind of jumped into the last four years. And it's something I just, I love doing because I get to use my hands to build things and I get to see the people's faces when they get the keys to their new home. So it's kind of cool. Oh, that sounds excellent. So this is, uh, is it pretty much around the country? Oh yeah. It's global. It's actually global. Yeah. Okay. So that would be a great thing for, uh, we were talking about the importance of networking and you never know who's going to be next to you with the other color paint and what that could lead to. So just to tie all this together, Chris, it's just been fascinating. Maybe we'll do a, you know, follow up in a, few months, but uh, appreciate your joining us. This was great. Thank you, Dave. Appreciate the time today.